My name's Gary. I'll be reading from Luke 15, 1 to 7. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me! I have found my lost sheep! I tell you that in that same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And I will be reading Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I wanted to turn helping tell the story. I've, I've watched the other families have so much fun doing it. I said, Kristen, why don't you and I do it this time? No, nope, you're not. I've got an expert at how to fix my mic problem. Hello? So I'm good ah, there we go. Fine. So I asked Kristen if she would do the tell the story part with me this week. So thanks, Kristen, for helping out. So I don't want to drop it. There we go. All okay. right. You good? Yep. Okay. I want to tell you a story. A story? Yes, a story. Okay. Tell me a story. Do you know Mary? Mary. Yes, Mary. Of course I know Mary. Great. Well, Mary had a little lamb. Please. Mary had a little lamb? Yes, a little lamb. But I thought Mary had a baby. Why would Mary have a baby? She had a little lamb. This is not the same Mary. Obviously not. This is the Mary with a little lamb. Okay. Mary had a little lamb. Why do you repeat everything I say? Repeat everything you say. Oh, good grief. So, Mary had a little lamb. Was it white? Yes, just as white as snow. Mm, I've seen some pretty dirty snow. Well, this is white snow. That's better than yellow snow. Snow isn't yellow. I've seen yellow snow. It's not the snow that's yellow. So, Mary had a little lamb. Yes, a little lamb. And was it white? Yes, as white as clean, pure, unsoiled snow. Got it. And everywhere Mary went. Mary went? Yes, Mary went. Where'd she go? I don't know. I just know she went. Doesn't it matter where? No, it doesn't matter where. Why not? I'm telling the story. I thought setting the scene was important. This is just the background. This isn't the story yet. So Mary had a little lamb. 
A little lamb. Yes, a little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. That was just as white as snow. Okay, got it. Mary had a little lamb, just as white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, that lamb would surely go. Well, that would be annoying. I know. Tell me about it. I mean, who wants to be followed everywhere? So everywhere Mary went, she was annoyed by the little lamb. Well, I don't know about that. But what I do know is she finally took the lamb and brought it to a shepherd to take care of the lamb. Mary had a little lamb. And took it to the shepherd, yes. That's harsh. It's not the harsh part. It gets worse. Really worse? Yes, worse. But then it gets better. Better. Yes, worse than better. So Mary took her little lamb that followed her everywhere to a shepherd to look after the lamb for a bit so the lamb could also play with other sheep, enjoy some open space with friends. Aw, that's so sweet. Wait, what's a shepherd? A shepherd is someone who watches over a lot of sheep. Sometimes they would baa all night. Baa. Yes, baa. Why do shepherds baa all night? Shepherds don't baa all night. Do they just baa in the daylight? No, shepherds don't baa. The sheep baa. But you said shepherds were people who watch over a lot of sheep and that sometimes they would baa all night. The sheep. The sheep. Yes, the sheep. Well, what about the sheep? They would baa all night. Baa. Yes, baa. So not the shepherds. Moving on. Where are we moving to? It's a phrase. Okay. Sometimes they'd fall asleep and snore really loudly. Is this the sheep too? I don't know sheep could snore. Yes, sometimes the sheep would fall asleep and snore really loudly. <sighs> yes, that's right. And other times they would slurp water from the stream. Really? Slurping? I imagine sheep being more elegant and lapping the water. Fine, the sheep sometimes lap water from the stream. That's better. And other times they would munch the grass. Is, is munch an okay word? I'm okay with it. Okay. And sometimes they'd wander it off and bump into boulders. Well, that doesn't sound safe. That's the point. The point of the story is that sheep aren't safe. Does that mean they're dangerous? No, the point is sheep can get into trouble. They're not the smartest animal on the block. Why do sheep stand on a block where they are out in the open fields? Where did they get a block big enough to stand on? It's a phrase. You like your phrases, but they don't make a lot of sense. Well, the shepherd tried to keep the sheep out of trouble. Out of trouble. Yes, out of trouble. The shepherd would protect them from howling wolves. And bears? Yes, and bears and pokey porcupines. Ouch! Are you okay? Why wouldn't I be okay? You just said ouch. Well, yes, ouch. So why ouch? Pokey porcupines. You got poked by a porcupine? No, but that's what I would say if I did. Fair point. I'm not sure that porky porcu porcupine points are fair, but okay. Oh. So what happens next after all these fierce creatures and boulders? Well, one day the shepherd was counting sheep. Was he trying to get to sleep? Why would the shepherd be trying to get to sleep? Well, that's why you count sheep. You can also count sheep because you're watching them and don't want to lose them. <laughs> that would be bad. That's what I'm trying to say. You mean shepherd lost sheep? Yes, the shepherd lost a sheep. How many sheep did he have? One hundred. One hundred? Yes, one hundred. And as he was counting, he noticed one was missing. So he counted again and again. Wow, he counts a lot. To make sure that he knows where they are. But sure enough, one sheep was gone. Uh-oh, was it Mary's sheep? Yes, it was Mary's sheep. How did he know? Don't all the sheep look alike? It's for dramatic flair. It makes the story more dramatic. Really? Really. It seems more sad than dramatic. Well, it's dramatic. And the shepherd, well, loved all his sheep and it broke his heart that he'd lost one sheep. But he still had 99. Yes, he did. 
So what do you do? He left the other sheep there, munching on grass. Munching on the grass. Yes, on grass. And then? He went looking for the one lost sheep. Here, sheepy, sheepy. Here, sheepy, What sheepy. are you doing? Helping find the sheep. The sheep's not here. How do you know? The shepherd lost the sheep, so maybe the sheep is here. It's not. But it could be. It's not. Okay. The shepherd looked everywhere. Oh, that's how you know he's not here. Sure. So the shepherd looked everywhere. Everywhere? Yes, he looked everywhere. Oh, no. Until. Until. Until he looked in a bush full of thorns, and there was Mary's little lamb. Little lamb? Little lamb. Mary still had a little lamb, but was it as white as snow? It might have gotten dirty. Oh, that's too bad. But the shepherd rescued the lamb and put the sheep on his shoulders and carried it all the way back. All the way back? Yes, all the way back. That shepherd really cared about that sheep. He was so happy he found the lost sheep. So he carried him all the way home. And when they got home, they had a party. They had a party. And at the party, they had a little lamb. They ate Mary's sheep? Wait, what? You said at the party they had a little lamb. Yes, the lamb was the reason they had the party, and the lamb was there. So the lamb is okay and good. Yes, why in the world would you think they'd eat the lamb? <sighs> I am just glad that lamb is okay. So Mary had a little lamb. A little lamb. Yes, a little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. And that lamb was as white as snow. Yes, as white as snow. And everywhere Mary went, the lamb did go? Well, that's actually how the story changes. The lamb didn't go with Mary? No, the lamb did. So the story didn't change? Yes, it did. No, it didn't. If you'd let me finish. Okay. So everywhere Mary's lamb did go. Did go. Yes, did go. So everywhere Mary's lamb did go. Mary's lamb knew it was loved and cared for. Loved and cared for. Yes, loved and cared for. So this story was about a sheep that was loved and cared for and that people didn't eat. Well, actually, no. They did eat the lamb? No. Okay, I'm confused. You're just realizing this now? This is a story told by Jesus. Jesus? Yes, Jesus. Jesus told the story about Mary's little lamb? No, he told the story about the lost sheep, not Mary's little lamb. The sheep that was lost? Yes, was lost. And then? The sheep was found. But the story really wasn't about a sheep. Not about sheep? No, it's about you and me. You and me. Yes, you and me. That everywhere we go... Everywhere we go, God loves you and me, and Jesus loves all those who are lost. All who are lost? Yes, all who are lost. And everywhere that we do go... We do go. We can't escape God's love. So Jesus told the story. Yes, he told the story. So that we would know... We would know that God loves us no matter how lost... No matter how lost? No matter how lost we seem... So God loves us. Yes, and we are God's little lambs, and everywhere we do go... Everywhere we do go... No matter where we go... No matter where we go... No matter how lost we feel... No matter how lost we feel... God, God loves, loves us. us. So. Thanks, Kristen. Mm -hmm. So the plan this morning was to interview... Pastor Ben. We've been kind of doing this late night format with different pieces, and we thought it'd be fun to interview Pastor Ben about this, but here's the problem. Pastor Ben got COVID, and so he's not here because he's being cautious and just making sure he's, he's doing better. So what we've done is we went kind of the, the, the late night COVID style thing where we Zoom called and recorded it to play. 
And so what we have for you this morning, we're going to have it on both the screens, actually, is an interview we did with Pastor Ben last night um, about the lost sheep. So we'll watch that now. Hey, Ben, welcome here online. Uh, sorry it didn't work to have you here in person, but uh, I'm glad you're being cautious, and I hope you're feeling better. So how are you feeling? That's the most important thing, first of I'm all. I'm sick, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you get COVID. You get sick. Like, I'm not dying. I'll be fine. The whole family is dealt with it for two weeks now, and hopefully I'm back to seeing you all in person again soon. I'm on day eight and it's much better than day four was but i'm not nearly as happy as i was eight days ago before this all went down well hopefully you'll be happy again in a few more days and uh yeah. we'll get back to the next football game in town and uh back to summer schedule a bit of golfing for you hopefully and everything else yeah we'll see the toughest thing is ever since i got covid i can't sleep anymore oh it's Perfect. gone my my ability to fall asleep is toast. And I've always struggled with that, but especially bad in this last week of just I lay and stare at this in the morning and then hey get ben, three hours of sleep and uh, do it all sorry over it didn't again. work to have you here in person. No, we'll but, be praying uh, for you and uh, both of us appreciate it. Yeah, everybody here, they feeling? can be That's praying for you too. We know what's going on. And, uh, I'm sick, Mike. Uh, we have some <laughs> <prayers>. <laughs> That's what happens when so, you get COVID. Let's jump into our discussion. I'm not dying. I'll be fine. We're talking about the lost sheep. Not very had a little lamb, like our skit talked about, actually. But the lost sheep. And so I started off looking at the Pharisees. I'm so who were the Pharisees and why did they care who Jesus ate with? Well, hopefully I'll be happy again. It's not a simple answer to that uh, simple question, Mike, but suffice it to say they were Jewish teachers of the law and they were a lot more concerned with reputation and appearances than Jesus was. So they didn't really appreciate his motivation. Ever since I got COVID, I can't sleep anymore. Now, if they hated Jesus so much, why did they come around to hear him just but especially bad this last week. This I'll ask kids stare first. At the ceiling till kids, five in the morning and have you ever listened to your parents watch the news before? Or listen to your dad watch a football game? That's appreciated. Have you ever noticed how some folks seem to follow only people they dislike on social media and comment accordingly? I think in the end, it comes down to that human part of the human condition that folks love to be angry because it's a powerful emotion that gives the illusion of purpose in life, despite the fact it's one of the most meaningless things that you can do to yourself. And the Pharisees, they, they love to get angry. So who were the Pharisees and why did they care Jesus ate So. About the story, it's not a simple how, how do these answer to that uptight, simple question, angry like, guys suffice it to say, they were Jewish a hard time teachers about of the law, company, and they were a lot more Jesus concerned with reputation and appearances than Jesus sheep. was, so they didn't really I mean, was appreciate there his on the motivation regularly so or something? Like, was this connecting the two? Now, well, truth be told, they ate a lot so more sheep than we do back then, but that's kind of beside the point. So let me ask you a question, Mike. Have you ever lost any? I'll ask you kids first. Well, if you ask my girls, I'm going to tell you, I lose something every day, whether it be my keys, my wallet, or listen to your dad watch I now got tracking devices on all those things, I can find them when I do listen. On social media and comment accordingly. So let me tell you a little bit story about the time I lost something. Our family was on summer vacation as a lot of families are going to be this summer and we were down at a family bible life, camp in the montana wilderness the it's one of the most and meaningless they had you can kids activities in the afternoon they, and the adults would go hear a speaker and whatever else so Fair me enough. and my younger brother i um, guess he was probably so, like eight at the time and i would have been about 10 
And we went on this hike with the rest of the kids up the side of a mountain. And it was beautiful. You're through forests, you're through glades, you're seeing a giant waterfall at the top of the hill that you got to walk underneath and then came back. It was kind of, I'd guess, an hour, hour and a half to get up and then about the same to get back. And so we got up, we saw all the sights, we got back down to the bottom and my brother wasn't there. Wow. Wow, yeah, good fun, right? So 10-year-old Ben, who's a highly protective young man, thinks, where on earth is my brother? He's been right behind me this entire hike. And he wasn't there. I looked all over the place throughout the rest of the kids. He wasn't there. So if your brother was lost, what would you do as a 10-year-old boy? Like, the, the right answer is tell the leader, and they go find adults, and they do the quick search. I ran back up the side of the mountain. I didn't tell anybody where I was going. I didn't tell anybody what happened. I just bolted. And I sprinted the entire rest of the way up the side of the mountain, up the same hike I had just done once before, all the way up to the waterfall again and back down. And I think I did the round trip in an hour or under because I just was filled with adrenaline to go find my long lost brother. And when I got back down, he still wasn't there. And I was destroyed. I had no idea what had happened to him, if he'd been hauled off by a bear, if he'd fallen off the side of a cliff and no one heard. And I got back down to find my parents absolutely crestfallen to tell them I've lost John. I have no idea what to do. And there he is sitting with them in the cabin drinking a Dr. Pepper. And uh, it was one of those weird feelings where you're extremely relieved that you found the one thing that you were lost. And absolutely irate that he was supposed to have stuck with me the entire time so that nothing would happen. I ran all the way around the side of a mountain and back to try and find him. And then I was the one who got in trouble because I didn't tell the adults and leaders that I had gone to go find him at the end. But so long story short, he got found. But it was a pretty traumatic experience trying to figure it all out in the meantime. Did you at least get a Dr. Pepper in the end, too? Oh, yeah. Endless Dr. Pepper. Excellent. Well, that is quite the story, Ben. Um, but it's a little different because you only have one brother, right? And yeah. it's all or nothing in that spot. Yeah, and that's true. But in many ways, that really only makes Jesus' story that much more amazing. Because Jesus says the man still had 99 sheep, and he went to go find the one, the single one, that was missing. So first of all, he cared enough to count all the sheep and notice one was missing at the end of the day. And second of all, he cared enough about each one of those sheep that he was willing to risk himself, even when it was just one in 100 that was missing. And why do you think, Mike, that he'd do that when he still had 99? Wow. Um, I've always found that part of the story the interesting part. I mean, it just doesn't make sense in our world to do that. But... I brought you on, Ben, to give the answers, not ask the questions. Okay, then I'm going to ask you another question, Mike, just for spite. What business do you think the shepherd was in? If he was in the money-making business, well, it's a fine thing for him to just take a pass on finding one sheep. It's one sheep. That would be an acceptable loss in just about any industry. 1% drop is not a big deal. But this shepherd wasn't in it as a businessman, though, Mike. He was a shepherd. He was a caregiver. And that night, a man in the saving lost sheep business. So to bring it all back to these angry Jewish leaders at the beginning, they thought Jesus as a teacher and a man claiming to be their Messiah and deliverer should be in the consolidating power with powerful people business. 
someone who avoided the sinful and undesirable types in their culture that wouldn't help the cause of restoring power to Israel and in turn, those teachers of the law. So Ben, let me ask you this, what business was Jesus in then? I mean, yeah, and I think that's the real question that we have to be able to ask ourselves when we read a text like this, Mike. So if you're going to understand somebody, like anybody, and especially Jesus, you need to know what their motivation is. What's their why behind what they do? Jesus was not in the get famous business because he didn't do things to make himself look good to the powerful people of his day. Jesus wasn't in the get rich business because, well, like he lived his entire life in what seems to be a poor wandering homeless person mode. And Jesus was not in the get powerful business because he seemed to regularly do things to poke the powerful people in the nose and eschewed political power when it was offered to him. Much to the surprise of these Jewish leaders, it seems that Jesus was in the caregiver industry, the get people home safely business. So Jesus was like an Uber driver at 2 a.m. on Dudney Avenue? I've heard way worse analogies, Mike. So sure, yeah, he's like a 2 a.m. Uber driver on Dudney Avenue in the middle of the night in downtown district. Maybe better yet, he's like an ambulance driver or a paramedic. Jesus was telling these Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, that God was not in the business of fame, riches, and power through Jesus, but rather in the wading into dangerous mess and getting his hands dirty to save the endangered and dying to get them home and healthy business. Not one for the faint of heart or those worried about reputation and a life of ease. So Jesus is so far into the get folks home safe business that the biggest celebrations back home with God and the family aren't over when people are nice or when things go well and the leaders enforce the right rules. They're over when even Jesus gets even one person home safe again as part of God's kingdom instead of having them wandering lost through the countryside. If you want to know what Jesus was about, Look at what makes God celebrate, and that should give you a pretty clear idea of what the point is. So, what is the point, then? I think, like it says here, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or elsewhere, that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, and to offer them life to the full, and to invite people to repent and follow him as part of the kingdom of God. I think if we're going to put that in English, it means that Jesus came to save people from this pain, suffering, and struggles that they find themselves in by going to find them where they are, offering them a way out of it, saving them from it, and taking them back to his place where they get put to rights once and for all. Jesus was in the caregiving, shepherding, get folks home safe business, and it was costly, but it was the only business that was really worth his time. So... If that was what Jesus was up to, and as Christians, we're supposed to be in the Jesus business, what does that look like for us? I think that's maybe the biggest, bestest question of our time, Mike. Truly. Well, why thank you. So if the church is supposed to be in the people who are continuing Jesus' work until he returns, kind of behooves us to make sure that we're even in the same business then, right? So it's likely a problem if it seems like the church is interested in the get famous business. There's enough television preachers with media empires and their faces on merchandise everywhere. And it's likely a problem if it seems like the church is interested in the get rich business. There's enough pastors with $5,000 sneakers and private jets to prove what can go wrong there. 
And it's likely a problem if it seems like the church is interested in the get powerful business. When it seems like pastors and church members are more interested in who to vote for, who to mock, and what legislation they want passed than how they can help the pair of homeless guys looking for food under the bridge a couple blocks away, that's an issue. None of those sound like the get people home safe business. They sound like the Pharisees business. And Jesus didn't take too kindly to that, to be honest with you. He had that whole brood of vipers speech that he gave the Pharisees later on. Maybe rather than worrying about how to save the world all the time or what things mean for us, we could simply try to care for the ones that are obviously lost like the good shepherd did and not worry about the rest, just like the good shepherd did. When you see someone who is sad, love them give them a hug if you see someone hungry go take them for a meal if you see someone who has rough looking clothes take them shopping if you know someone who's lonely be a friend none of this has to be hard picking someone up on your shoulders to help them safely towards the kingdom of god doesn't have to be nearly as heavy as it sounds if you know that jesus has already done all the heavy lifting Ben, thanks so much for being here today and coming on via video. I know it's not what we had planned, but I'm glad it worked out. And I love how you challenge us. I think the easiest thing to do with this passage is to say, Jesus takes care of it all. Nothing here for us to do. Jesus did it. That's all we need. Jesus finds the lost sheep. But you're right. Jesus has done the heavy lifting, but we can and we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. We're the ones tasked with finding and caring for the lost because we are the body of Christ. We're the physical presence here in the world that God has empowered and called to do these works. And so we continue the work of Jesus in this world. It's not all just some spiritual stuff. It's, it's physical. It's getting down in the dirt and getting messy. It means going to people and not waiting for them to come to us. It means watching intentionally for those in need and not just noticing when we trip over someone on the street. So thanks for letting God use you this morning to point us in that direction, Ben, and helping challenge us. Yeah, it's always good chatting with you, Mike. Awesome. We'll see you soon and uh, get better. We'll talk to you later, Ben. Yeah, we'll see you later.